Welcome to HW Apothecary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Ashley Bissonette Murphy. I am herbalist, author, professor of public health, certified health education specialist, and founder of the HW Apothecary. So this podcast is really highlighting the importance of spirituality, ancient wisdom, and holistic herbalism. And this includes beauty, passion, and hacks for enjoying the most out of life. This podcast features interviews with commanding healers, health advocates, and spiritual leaders. Thank you for tuning in. Before we begin today's episode, you know, I think about this time that we're going through. Have you been a little stressed out? Frankly, I'm sure everybody has to some degree here. But are you really feeling that racing heart? Do you feel really overwhelmed? Maybe you run yourself down to the point where you're just sick, brain fog or head fog, and you're just not making the right health choices. Well, you can pretty much contribute that to stress. So stress is really a root cause of many different health concerns, which is why focusing on stress is pretty important here. Not all stress is bad, though. Some stress is good. It's a motivator. It keeps us alive, too. But learning how to manage stress so it can really enliven your life and not take a hold of you. So on May 21st at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, HW Apothecary is offering a live class to teach you how to use holistic herbalism to manage stress and put that energy to good use. So podcast uh, podcast listeners will receive 30% off when they use the code WELCOME, all lowercase. So to reserve your spot, go ahead and check out the events page at hwapothecary.com, and that's spelled H-W-A-P-O-T-H-I-C-A-I-R-E.com. So today's episode is all about tea, and I love tea because it's one of the most easiest, most nourishing preparation of herbs that you can make. And it really is a really great way of encouraging people to stay hydrated, especially if they think water is boring, right? We all know somebody who thinks water's boring. <laughs> In fact, I time to time, to, it's very rare that I'm just drinking plain water myself. I'm usually drinking some kind of blend, decoction, or just maybe a light tea seep if I need a little bit of taste to it. But I... You know, what I need and what I'm enjoying does change from day in to day out. But lately, I've been starting my day with an overnight infusion. So I'll make the infusion the night before with, this is a cold water infusion of marshmallow and linden. So these are very moistening herbs. In fact, they're kind of like that, that, like those polysaccharides that make it very, almost like slippery, but almost, I don't want to say slippery, almost like a nice velvet as it coats your throat, especially being inside in winter with the air being so warm and a little stagnant. So having that boost of hydration in the morning is such a great, great way to just enjoy my tea in the morning. So, and again, by using the cold water infusion, you can get that, those release those polysaccharides that are actually very, very moistening from the cold water that you wouldn't get from a hot water infusion. So let's just say you still really prefer a hot water infusion. Go ahead and steep those herbs overnight in the cold water infusion to bring out those polysaccharides, to bring out those moistening qualities. 
strain it, and then go ahead and rewarm or warm up that cup of tea if you prefer. You're not going to destroy any of the constituents, but you'll be able to have best of both worlds. So I think about this cold water infusion as kind of my insurance plan for the day. It's a little something to pamper my throat before I begin talking to clients and teaching all sorts of classes. By late morning, though, late morning, I am such a huge, huge fan of matcha tea. Um, I always go for a ceremonial grade tea. Um, You know, one tea that I'm going for in particular is by Peak. And again, there are other brands, too, so you can look out for this. Peak, uh, P-I-Q-U-E, the organic sun matcha, goddess matcha, is really a great choice. And again, there are other ones in the market, but do check to see if your matcha has been triple screened. Now, I think about tea plants. Tea plants really seep up a lot of constituents from the soil, but also the water that they're being watered with. So if you don't choose the right ones, they're, they're just loaded I mean, boatloads of mercury, heavy uh, metals, molds, even radioactive isotopes that could really seriously jeopardize your health. So choosing the right tea is important. So again, if you're having an overload in these heavy metals or you're just drinking the wrong teas that's contaminated, if you're beginning to experience chronic fatigue, digestive issues, just I don't know, overall depletion, aching aching joints is a big one here, headaches, you might want to reconsider the tea you're drinking if you're drinking a lot of it and you're experiencing some of these symptoms here. And I'll be honest, good tea, especially good matcha, is expensive. It's, you know, but it's worth it. So if you're buying the cheap stuff and it's cheap, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to be cut with some kind of brown sugar starch, sugars, or other fillers. Um... Not to blame Starbucks here, but even the Starbucks matcha is full of just all sorts of different additives. Now, how I take my matcha can be a little complex. And again, I love the taste of tea and I'll usually drink my teas plain without condiments. But this is one of those things where my matcha tea is a loaded tea here. So when I take my tea... I usually make my own coconut milk or own almond milk, depending, or even if I'm feeling really, I mean, this is macadamia nut milk is phenomenal. Um, so I'll make my own milk and then I'll add a handful of fresh cilantro. If I don't have time to make my own milks, I'll do like a tablespoon or scoop of say a coconut puree or coconut butter. Um, and I'll throw in some, a little bit of powdered lion's mane, maybe some ashwagandha. Now, if you have a nightshade shade sensitivity, be careful with the ashwagandha though, but that's a great adaptogen. So I'll throw a little ashwagandha powder in there, um, a little vanilla bean powder, uh, the beans, um, but I'll be lazy sometimes and I'll get the stuff that's already, the, the beans are already taken out of the pod. And then if I want a little bit of sweetness in there, I'll add a date. And I will put this in the blender on high speed for about a minute or two and then pour it into a pot on the stove, warm it up and top it with a little bit of local bee pollen. And that's ideal. It's kind of my little snack. I don't like to snack throughout the day, but that is definitely something that is such a treat. For the rest of the day, Um, You know, sometimes I'll, in the morning, after I had my cold water infusion, I'll prep a tea for later on in the day. So it has anywhere between 
uh, six to eight hours to kind of do its thing and release the magic and medicinal properties here. Um, but I'll take a bunch of plant matter. I'll do a good, maybe heaping three tablespoons per liter of tea. And right now I'm really loving some Damiana, some red clover, calendula, some chickweed. Now these are all lymphatic herbs. So if you're sitting on your butt like I am most of the day, these are great herbs to kind of get your blood circulating, to get that lymphatic uh, movement going. So these herbs help. Of course, they don't fix the issue. You still have to get up and be active and do your exercises, but this can help. Um, and again, again, it tastes great. So now if I'm really, really craving a treat here, it's one of my go-tos is the Nomad Tea Company. So their blends are just delicious. So if I'm trying not to snack in between meals um, and I just really need something to cut the edge off, but also taste kind of like a treat without adding sugar, I'll go for one of their blends. And, uh, you know, some of the best case scenarios you know, a lot of their teas are blended with a little bit of fruit too. It's just, it really are great. So that's why I'm so excited to be interviewing um, the guest today who's going to talk all about the Nomad Tea Company, the blends, and she also happens to be a dear friend of mine, and I'm going to call her a very talented tea mixtress. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode. If you have questions please always reach out to me at ashley at hwapothecary.com. And if you like this episode, you feel called to, please like and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast as well. So enjoy. All right. Welcome to the HW Apothecary podcast. I am so happy to have today's guest Everything about tea this episode, and I'm going to hand it right off to her. Please give me an introduction. Tell us about the Nomad Tea Company and just jump right in. Hello. My name is Rhiannon. Um, I am the co-owner of the Nomad's Garden Tea Company. Uh, I own, operate, and do everything along with my husband. His name is James. And... Our inception was in April of 2020, uh, pretty much, you know, post when the world stopped. Um, and <laughs> the company was born out of out of a passion for tea. Um, I'm a full-time hairstylist. I've been doing hair for, I'm in my 21st year now. And it was something that I've wanted to do Um probably, you know, for the past few years, and I just never had the time to do it. And the universe kind of presented me with the opportunity to build something out of my love for tea. So that was when it began. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is something too, I always ask different questions. Of course, everybody's talking about different content on this podcast. But mm -hmm. I also think about, you know, I think it's so great when people follow their passions, they go and do whatever really most interests them and just go for it, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Sometimes I think you, the best things are kind of born out of being backed into a corner. Um, that time in particular for me, like I said, you know, I've been doing hair for 20 years. It's really all I've known. I've dabbled in other things here or there, but, um, you know, there's few things in my life that I'm extremely, extremely passionate about. And my passion for tea developed, um, probably about seven or eight years ago 
when I realized that I had a caffeine sensitivity and I stopped drinking coffees, I stopped drinking energy drinks, which we all know those are toxic anyways. Um, and I really got into blending tea for myself. So I had a bunch of favorites that were my go-tos, things that I enjoyed. And I, I never really thought anything of it until, uh, you know, I was home from work and quarantine and trying to enjoy a cup of tea because it was calming me down. <laughs> and yeah. I had made a specific blend of a tea for myself and I had posted a picture of it on Facebook and I was like, oh my gosh, I wish you guys could smell this. It's amazing. And I had a few friends that were like, what is it? Can we try it? <laughs> and I was like, hey, did I just find something? Did I just tap into something that, that really no one around here is doing? Um, you know, so for me, it kind of collaboratively being backed into that corner of being out of work and not having a job and then all of a sudden realizing that there was a demand for something like this you know people didn't have it it wasn't tangible it wasn't at their fingertips so it was an opportunity that presented itself and I just ran blindly with it and was like okay we'll give this a roll I guess yeah definitely so I mean finding purpose finding just plain enjoyment I think that it's just really key and I think that also goes back to I always say this and people think it's so I don't know disconnected but finding spirituality finding purpose and enjoyment and spirituality they all go together you know and that's why I usually ask people do you identify with the archetype of the witch because as I understand it it's one who advocates for real science real facts is not intimidated by mainstream goes out there and gets whatever they want Mm -hmm. a practitioner of the people's medicine and really tea offers so much and of course, it's that connection to the earth and really honoring that type of earth healing. But I'm curious to know, how do you personally identify with the archetype of the witch? Or maybe you don't. I think <laughs> it's kind of a, it is a sort of loaded question. I think being given the name Rhiannon, <laughs> you have to identify <laughs> with it, at least to some degree. Um, I... I do. I tend to keep a lot of my my practices as far as witchcraft goes uh, very quiet. I don't talk about it a lot. Things are really personal to me. Um, you know, I don't really identify as with like a coven or anything like that. I do have some very close friends that, you know, if I had to lean on them, sure. Um, but as far as picking what direction I would go in with that. I guess I would consider myself a bit of a kitchen witch. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed dabbling in the kitchen. I remember even as a kid, you know, I'd go out into the woods and make little mud pies with sticks and twigs and berries, <laughs> um, you know, and bring them home as if I had just created like a Michelin star dessert. <laughs> um but a lot of what I do is is in my home, especially as of recently. You know, my husband and I recently relocated partially for purpose for the tea company. Um, and I'm finding that I'm spending a lot more time in the home cooking, nesting, experimenting, you know, creating my little place of comfort. And there's little touches of magic, I think, all around our home. We don't really have that proverbial you know better homes and gardens 
magazine home. Um, I don't know. I, I very... beg to differ there. <laughs> our, our home is very eclectic. You know, I don't, I don't, I tend not to pick up things at just, I don't know, Target or, or Crate and Barrel or anything like that. As much as I love those things and they're beautiful, but everything in my home is very important to me and it serves a purpose. Um, you know, everything on the walls and everything that takes up space has a little bit of me or us in it. And it reminds me of something and brings me somewhere. So I, if I had to identify with something, I would definitely put myself in that, in that like kitchen or home, which kind of place. Okay. Yeah. I can definitely see that everything you do choose is extremely intentional and well thought out. Yes. So yeah, I'm going to transition over here to your amazing tea blends. So tell people all about you know gosh you have so many to choose from I don't even know where to begin with this because all (laughs) of your blends are amazing but you know when I'm thinking about tea too your teas are so good I think it's like the gateway of all teas it's like the gateway (laughs) drug if you will almost Uh, because when I hear people say I don't like tea I'm like have you checked out the Nomad Tea Company right so you are able to cater to tastes and blends and really hook people in you know especially for people who said oh I don't like tea and for an herbalist that's huge for me because that's one of the easiest preparations it's also just an amazing preparation for pulling out a lot of the medicinal uh, properties of herbs but that said the tea blends I make are more functional yes but you also have functional blends as well and we'll get to those too but can you tell us a little bit about some of your top-selling tea blends? What are their names? I love the names. And just go into a couple of those. <laughs> so we have, we currently to date, uh, since our inception in 2020, we have come up with somewhere around, I, mean, I want to say like around 140 to 150 different blends. Not to say that we've kept all of those. Um, some of them have, they were they were tried them and fail, you know, they didn't really go so well. So I think to offer, we have about 115 right now that we keep on the table, some of them being seasonals um, and they're in rotation at different times of the year based on availability. Um, our, we pretty much have been inspired by places we've been, places we want to go, uh, the various era, areas of this planet, of the terra firma and regions of this earth that is actually able to provide all of these things that we put into our tea. You know, things are based on things as specific as elevation, as temperature, humidity, different areas produce different things. And even if two areas are producing the same ingredient, they may produce them differently. And that's important, and it has an effect on the outcome and the result of of these teas. Um, We do have, we've got some popular ones. We have some personal favorites, and then we have customer favorites as well. Uh, Like you said, we we do take, when somebody says, oh, I don't like tea, it's almost a personal challenge, I think, especially for me. my husband is is a bit more, you know, oh, we have something for everybody, you know, what do you like? Where for me, it it gets me right in the feels. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. This is not like your grandma's black tea that she had (laughs) 
packed away in her pantry and she'd only pull it out for company. Um, we're a little different than that. You know, everything that goes into our teas, we hand blend every single batch of tea. So, you know, we're not doing anything by mass production. We're doing everything one to two pounds at a time. Every single ingredient that goes into our, into our bags is seen by us. It's monitored by us. So nothing slips through. So we always make sure to relay to our customers to know that like, you know, this isn't something that was packed by, you know, Maria at three o'clock in the afternoon on, on a Tuesday. Like this was all done by us, you know, literally our blood, sweat and tears go into everything that we produce. And that's important. It comes back to that spiritual part of, of what we're doing. And we want to forward that onto people. So starting there and then figuring out what people enjoy on a daily basis, you know, what, what are their go-tos for foods, for beverages, um, if they do like tea, what do they enjoy currently and how can we improve on that? How can we grow on that? How can we help them expand their palate and maybe introduce them into something new? Um, and most of our stuff is really, most of it is to enjoy. We do use a lot of purposeful ingredients. Um, we do always say that we do not treat or diagnose, <laughs> but right. we do use, we do use purposeful herbs, um, yeah, and so jump right in. I there was oh my gosh, yeah, there's so many different ones, but give me one <laughs> of your give me a name and then just tell us what is in that blend. Um, let's see. Who can we who can we go to? I I may actually even have to look up the ingredient card for some of these because there's so many. I don't remember who is specifically containing what. So let's go Give me two seconds here to actually find this one. Yeah. Um, we have so much fun actually naming the teas too. We um were inspired by <laughs> so many things. Often people are like, oh my gosh, how did you come up with that? Um, and typically I jokingly will say that usually a couple a couple of glasses of bourbon, you can get pretty creative with anything. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so we have, I really like when technology works like it's supposed to here. <laughs> so one of my, one of my favorite ones, actually, we have Cherry Cherry, uh, which is one of our original blends that was in our first 12 blends with the original inception of the business. And to me, that one is kind of like an adult Kool-Aid. Um, it's that traditional cherry taste that you remember, but without all of the sugar. Um, that blend specifically is a hibiscus, almond, apple, cardamom seeds, beetroot, rose petals, and freeze-dried cherry, as well as sometimes we integrate a little bit of pomegranate in that one. Uh, it depends on the blend and if it's in season and, and its availability. That sounds uh, great. It is. It's a wonderful, wonderful blend. And that one is usually when I say that it's an adult cherry Kool-Aid, people are like, oh, gosh, OK, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, it's really it's easy on the palate. It's it's a great introduction to a tisane or an herbal blend. There are no tea leaves in that one whatsoever. So cherry 
is a natural anti-inflammatory. It's going to aid with liver support, eases the digestive system, supports mobility and cardiovascular health. A second selling point to this one for us is replace your sports drink. If you're a Powerade or a Gatorade person, instead steep up a gallon of this, keep it in your fridge, take it with you. You know, when you're headed to the gym or if you're going for a run, drink it after. Wonderful for hydration. So that's probably one of my favorites as far as the wellness blends go. That's a good start. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hibiscus is very hydrating. I think a lot of people don't think about it as being very hydrating because it has that kind of a sour taste. But with the rest of the blend that you have described there, it balances it out beautifully. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, uh, yeah. Is there another one that maybe you want to highlight? Let's see. Who else can we bring to the surface here? We do have one that is relatively new to us um, called Flight of the Phoenix. And this is, to, to this point, it's our only adaptogenic holistic blend. Um, we worked with a herbalist through one of our suppliers to actually develop this blend so that, you know, I don't have the herbalism background. Um, I've dabbled it and dabbled in it in the past, but it's been for my own personal use. Um, and again, you know, we don't treat or say that we can cure anything. Um, so this one we did have, have a little bit of assistance with and the adaptogens in this, you know, things like Shizandra, like Skullcap, um, when you get into playing with those things, they really have to be mixed in the proper ratio so that we don't risk uh, any any side effects for people. Um, but that one we introduced last summer, last fall, uh, beginning at the beginning of a market that we had. And this one really is to help the, the body adapt to stressors uh, and aim for mental clarity, really. I, I joke that it's kind of like a Red Bull without all the garbage ingredients. <laughs> um, and it's been super helpful for me too. I tend to be a little bit of a uh, ping pong. <laughs> uh, running two businesses, I do find that I'm kind of all over the place on a daily basis. And this one for me has really helped me to focus and to stay on task. Also, that little bit of skullcap in there has changed my sleeping patterns for the better. You know, I was getting a little bit erratic in my sleep and uh, losing that circadian rhythm. And after about a couple of weeks on this one, it really put me back on a nice, smooth path. So that also is one of my favorites. And the adaptogens are, are great for absolutely anybody. Yeah. So I do like, I love Cassandra. Cassandra mm-hmm. is great. It's... You know, if you eat them, actually, and again, I love just to eat them. I actually put them in my wine in the evening just to give Ooh. them a little. They're kind of like the herbal pop rocks. That's what they are, at least to me, because they have all of those different tastes. They're sour. They're a little pungent. They're a little spicy. They're a little bitter. I mean, they have. it's a very, very complex adaptogen taste-wise. But that one also helps with sugar cravings. Also helpful in that regard. Yeah. Yes, I forget about that thank you yeah that's one of my I mean I love that one it's again if you're able to you know you know if you break into that tea blend for anybody who buys that one break into the bag (laughs) and just eat one of the little berries and see how it feels on your tongue right yeah I love the analogy of the pop rocks of of 
of herbs. That's great. I'll have to save that one for myself <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is the other thing. So you take so much time, as you already mentioned previously, about sourcing your ingredients. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, how do you know if a tea is fresh versus stale? Maybe some safety things that we should be aware of. Uh, yeah, anything that you could some, add to that? There's a lot. Um, I could probably go on for a long time about this one. This is this is really important, and this is also part of the reason that this tea company was born and why it took us so much time to get the ball rolling. Um, we we get asked often if we grow any of our herbs um, or any ingredient whatsoever. We have friends who are like hey i grow basil or whatever in my backyard like would you like some and i'm like no no thank you i appreciate that like i'll use it in my own kitchen but Mm. um we were very careful we took a lot of extra time choosing our suppliers and our wholesalers for ingredients there's a lot of them out there a lot um we've developed personal relationships with everybody that we purchase our ingredients from the majority of them uh coming from organic farms they if they're not organic uh they are upfront with us and they do tell us that they really try to get ingredients that are as sustainable as possible and we source from like-minded international suppliers the personal relationships are really important to us and it also gives us the window to quality control uh if something seems to be off if we get a batch in that you know might look a little bit different or maybe it smells a little bit different or it's you know there's there's many variables that can go into things you know it's easy for us to just make a phone call and get an answer and say hey you know maybe this was a different batch or maybe this one came from India instead of Japan. So that is first and foremost, that was very, very important to us. Um, as I said, mentioned, as I had mentioned before, we do everything in super small batches. That's important for us because we can maintain consistency that way. Everything is weighed out. Everything is measured. Um, we work slow. <laughs> There's a, it's a labor of love for every single every single batch we do, so that's also extremely important. With our with our ingredients too, um, tea leaves tea leaves are are pretty sustainable. Um, as far as you know, dried goods or freeze dried, we try to use freeze dried ingredients when possible. And so that's things, mainly like the berries or the yes okay yeah um, because if things are just dehydrated there is still a trace amount of moisture that is left behind and depending upon how long somebody is burying that in the back of, of grandma's cabinet um, it can lead to possible mold so those are things to be aware of as a consumer we do tell people that you know we we package our tea in airtight zipped bags food grade bags and on opened our teas will stay fresh for six months to a year depending upon what is in that blend um 
Sure. Well, we do. And we I do. really do like how the packages are appropriately sized, meaning they're not too big, but they're not too small mm-hmm. either. So you can get through a bag and move on to the next bag. And the Correct. chance of it really going stale is little to none. Again, Correct. it's just, it's the perfect size. It was the factor that had come into play when we were choosing the packaging. You know, we get asked often, can I buy more? Can I buy a larger bag? And as much as I would love to offer that, um, it makes sense for the size that we use because on the average usage, you know, those once that's open, that's lasting somebody about a month to two months. And that's really the prime time that you want to be using that blend within. After that, your flavors are going to decrease. Um, it's going to stay fresh, but it's going to, you've got room for variables on that, depending upon whether your house is humid, whether it's dry, whatever the case may be. So it's important to keep stuff fresh, you know, transferring things into a mason jar or into an airtight container, which those are readily available available pretty much anywhere nowadays. So that is very important for people too. Yeah. And the idea is whenever you go to purchase a bag of loose leaf or, you know, tea when you open that up you should have beautiful aromatics yes the leaves should look a vibrant color again it depends on what the herb is some herbs have you know they're not as vibrant um in color wise but you know what i mean you should have a experience when you open up that bag and not just well maybe it will come along when i steep it and sure you know (laughs) you know what i mean i think people like well i think it's fresh but i'm not sure i'm like no no when you open that bag you should smell it you should engage with it yes it should be part of the robust on that on that first opening it's that's vital um i i joke with you know major major production facilities um you know the reason that you you open that box and you're just like oh well, it smells nice um you know their teas are being produced hundreds of pounds at a time they're moving through machines they're moving through hoppers um so all those little pieces of things that should stay contained within that tea you know it's it's getting bounced around it's getting moved out into places it shouldn't go so really from start to finish our our blends get about maybe maybe 35 to 40 minutes of exposure to air before we have them fully packaged and sealed and we move things as little as possible so that to keep all of those little fine particulates in the tea so that they actually get to our customers. So we do things a little differently here at Nomads. Yeah, but you know, I really like too that you do not have tea bags and you also don't have for paper or plastic tea bags. I mean, there are dangers with plastic tea bags, right? And the, the seeping out of those plastics into the hot water so whenever i do see those tea bags and i'm not gonna name any brands here Mm -hmm. um but yeah i always kind of cringe i see the plastic tea bag going into the hot cup of water yes but you can also customize too when it's loose leaf Mm -hmm. um of course i'm not the best example because when i make tea it's usually a whole bag of it um (laughs) in like a liter or so um, but yep. again, I'm used to making medicinal teas and medicinal preparations because that's typically the amount called for. But you don't need that, especially for enjoying a, on an everyday basis as a treat. I mean, these teas are 
great. Like if you feel like you're starting to get hungry and you're like, wait a minute, am I really thirsty? Am I really hungry? Have a cup of tea, sit down with it and meditate. And that's, you'll find that that's probably all you need. It's so true. You're absolutely right. It's, it's a vice in human nature where we're just, am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Maybe I should just have tea. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great great habit to develop. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, you know, going back to Cassandra and other, you know, adapted gins and other uh, herbs that really help with sugar cravings. I'm thinking of like Tulsi is another big one, but yeah, you Mm -hmm. can work with those different herbs to kind of satiate you or kind of bring you in a space where you're, you're more comfortable. You're okay. You know, you're not going to reach for the Twinkies or the processed foods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. I was going to say on your, you know, touching on the, on the tea bags, we don't, we don't use tea bags at all. Again, another thing that we've been asked multiple times by our customers, you know, to put our things into bags and, not only would that add a ton of time to our production, um, but, you know, part of what we do is to educate our consumer as to why we've opted to do it this way. And, you know, loose leaf tea in its natural state, you're, you're getting the ingredients the way that they're meant to be, the way that they're meant to be consumed. And it's really, it's such a beautiful process. Um, a cup of tea from start to finish. It's, it's a chance to kind of stop and enjoy that those few moments of peace. It's not like coffee where it's on the go, where you can just push that button and hit brew and it's ready for you in a couple minutes. Um, you know, tea does require a little bit of babysitting, I think. And everybody's different on how they do that. But it's really important, you know, to keep it's to keep things in that natural state and to stay away from those synthetic bags that are out there. I also won't mention any names, even though I really, really want to <laughs> Won't throw anybody under the bus here. Um, you know, but just a cup of tea steeped at 95 degrees can release billions of microplastics. If it's in one of those cute little pyramid tea bags. Um, typically I tell people if it feels silky, it's likely nylon or plastic. Yes. So, you know, check for those things. Stay away from them. If Even if you have to, if you've got those teas in your cabinet and you're enjoying them and you're like, well, I don't want to get rid of them, cut them open and put them in a stainless steel steeper. Um, at least use them, get your money's worth, and then come see us for better stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> That said, I mean, tea is extremely accessible, too. If you can boil water, you can throw some herbs, you've got Mm -hmm. a cup, you can make it. Of course, you'll have to worry about the mark or the tea mass at the bottom. But, you know, (laughs) this is accessible. But if people and customers want to really elevate their tea experience, what are some tools or add-ons that people might want to consider? It all depends on how, how much of a tea lover you really are. You know, your standard tea drinker is right off the top, got to get a tea kettle, you know, boil your water, don't microwave it, don't put your hot water through a, through a coffee machine, don't do it, mm-hmm. just boil that water in a tea kettle. Um, secondly, a quality steeper, uh, stainless steel or high heat silicone. Um, 
And then your favorite cups. You know, I have a various collection of cups that depending upon the day, whichever one matches my mood, whether I need a big cup or a little cup, it depends <laughs> on what I'm drinking, you know? Um, so those are uh, starters for, for a tea drinker. Beyond that, you know, if you're somebody who likes to ice tea, getting yourself a nice steeping tea pitcher where you can keep those ingredients, especially things like a tazan where you can just put that tea in there, let it chill, let it sit in your fridge and just let all of those wonderful things just marinate for hours on end. Um, you know, things like milk frothers for doing your chai teas, things like whisks in a bowl for matcha teas. Um, you know, and they're all, I think the longer that you are a tea drinker, the more of these things kind of come to the surface you get a little bit more comfortable using different tools and your creativity window opens up you're like oh I can make a chai these things that I'm spending six dollars on a day somewhere else I can do in my own kitchen it's truly that easy yeah and actually (laughs) when it comes to people quality yes when it comes to you know budgeting too i always think about that people go to the starbucks it's now closer to eight to nine dollars you know depending on where you live so you make it at home it tastes better you know it's in it quality ingredients it's a win-win absolutely absolutely and we are always i tell people you know we are we try to be at your disposal if you have questions about how to use things how to create things how to blend things we're always here we're an email away um and we're always happy to help and happy to inspire if if you're creating something new we've even had customers who have shared recipes with us and some of them have been amazing (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's really great yeah so and I think about too, you know, more so, you know, I'm such a big herb person because when I'm making tea, I'm sometimes eating the mark, especially if it's something like burdock or nettle that is full mm-hmm. of minerals and stuff like that. Um, especially the inulin for the burdock, you get that kind of that gut loving, but tea in general yes. is very soothing to the gut, is very therapeutic, but also just medicinal helps like knit your epithelial cells together and your gut feels better. It feels stronger. You're able to digest your food better. But where I was going with this is how do you dispose your leftover tea? What's a sustainable way to do that? I think this is a compartmentalized question for me. So for leftover tea, first and foremost, with our teas in particular, I can't really speak for other companies out there, but if you're buying a high quality tea, you should be able to actually re-steep. Um, the better the quality of the ingredients, there's more taste, there's more flavor uh, that's in those ingredients. So if you've done you know, one steep out of it, try steeping it again. Of course, you're gonna get a little bit more of a mild result out of that but even if you have to open your steeper back up and kind of dust a little bit of fresh tea in there do that as well try to get as much as you can out of those ingredients and sometimes you're actually getting more of the benefits out of that second steep of some of those ingredients it may take a little bit more rest in that cup to get them to release so sometimes a second cup can even be better than the first so 
we always tell people to try to do that. Um, as far as disposal, compost that stuff, put it right back to where it came from. Um, you know, the earth has blessed us with these ingredients. So the best thing we can do is to give them back and produce, you know, put it in your gardens, put it outside for the animals to enjoy. That's really the best thing that we can do. Um, some of our blends as well are actually edible. You can, a lot of the tazans and the fruit blends, I, I do it often, you know, one of my favorites actually to do that with is strawberries and champagne, one of our super popular ones. That one actually has um, candied pineapple in it, and um, I actually have to open the recipe card again to tell you everything that's in there. But you can literally eat the residual tea from that one. It's like a little snack. It's you know those little like fruit snacks that you have as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> it's so delicious. Well, I imagine it's kind of like that. <laughs> right. So you can actually do that. You can bake with them, add them to oatmeal. You can make a granola mm-hmm. leftover with it. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much that you could do. And something there's else. So many uses. Yeah, and another thing I just thought of too is, you know, for those people who, you know, you leave first thing in the morning, you have to go to work, you know, getting one mm-hmm. of those big stainless steel kind of air pots, you know, what they typically mm-hmm. put coffee yeah. in and you kind of, you know, crank the top. Just put a bunch of herb in there, a bunch of the tea, yeah. and let it sit all day long so it's constantly infusing and you're not getting up to make a cup here, there, here, there. It's always available Correct. to you. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, use that mark and maybe let it sit with a batch of overnight oats. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to have to try that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> So something else to think about too. So how do you take your tea? What are some healthy condiments that we can add to our tea that's health supporting? I personally, I'm a purist by nature when it comes to tea. I don't like to switch things up to make them palatable. Either it's palatable or it's not for me. Um, I do, as I mentioned before, I do have a caffeine sensitivity. So I stay away really from most of the actual tea leaves So I find that like coffee drinkers, you know, people can find tea to be bitter. So they tend to add cream or add sugar to their tea. And that's fine. You know, everyone's different. Um, Myself, if I do have, you know, a cup of white tea or a cup of green tea, even matcha, I really just take it as is. I don't like to, I don't like to screw with nature that much. Um, that being said though, if I'm making a chai, um, we do, we have a blend in particular that is, uh, it's called ring of fire. That one is a robust cinnamon blend, everything from cinnamon bits to cinnamon oil in that one. It's, it's strong. She's a spicy one. Um, that one, you know, I love to drink that one with like frothed almond milk or coconut milk. It just brings it to a whole other level. Mm. So it really depends on, on what I'm doing. If I'm running out the door and I'm going to work, I just take a I have these wonderful little glass tumblers that have the the stainless steel steeping basket that you drop right in. So I can pour my boiling water right in it. I drop my basket in, I screw the top on and I'm out the door and I'll sip on that, you know, for the day at work. 
And I tend to, that's pretty much how I, how I consume it most of the time. If I'm home and I have the opportunity to kind of make something special, that's when I might do a little bit more frothing or, um, sometimes, sometimes candied sugar can be really fun just to drop in, just make sure it's a clean sugar, raw sugar, or even a coconut sugar can be fun sometimes. So most of the time I'm basically a purist with my teas though. Yeah. And I, I think that goes back to your passion just with the full enjoyment of it. You do want to mm-hmm. be able to taste it. You never, you know, I think about if you're making tea, honey or sugar should not be in the forefront. It should be mm-hmm. something to just perhaps smooth it out or perhaps ease you into the practice of beginning to enjoy tea. Absolutely. You know, and I think about if I'm going to have, you know, sometimes matcha has, you know, I'll think about matcha. Sometimes I'll blend it up with a fresh date because date has some Mm. minerals and that kind of adds a little bit of sweetness to it. But typically I I don't add either, but honey, I think honey is a, just a side note is something that also, especially if it's a local honey, it's great. It does have some antioxidants, but with honey, making sure that it's really local sourced, raw, even better. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, it kills me when people go to the grocery store and they do not bother to check where it comes from. (laughs) Now, most of the honey comes from China, which is so, and be clear here, that stuff is contaminated with lead and antibiotics. And I'm sure when you're buying that honey at the grocery store, you're not thinking lead and antibiotics, but it's in there. The other sad thing about that, yeah, so most of the honey, even if it does say sometimes United States, it's still what we call spiked honey. So in the United States, you know, there are plenty of companies who try to cut corners. So they'll cut it with, say, corn syrup or other that just say non-honey sweeteners. And I think that is so backwards, you know, when I think about the consumers trying to understand where their products come from, buying local, I think is really crucial when it comes to honey. Absolutely. You do not want I mean, one, corn one syrup in your, agree. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I did find this source too for people and uh, listeners who are interested. It's called True Source Certified. Uh, it's a website that you can check out just to see where your honey comes from. And actually, they've done a really fantastic job. I think it's anywhere between 30 to 40% of the honeys currently on the market. They have verified. And of course, that leaves out some of the local stuff. Local's best. But if you want to check it out and you don't have access to, say, small-scale uh, honey producers, it's truesourcehoney.com. That is valuable data even for me to put out there for for consumers. Yeah, and again, it's for people easing or they just want a little bit of a something, a little bit of a tiny bit of sweetness to their their teas. Honey is my go-to, but again, choosing your honey is is going to be key. Mm -hmm. We... uh... Also, when when it's available, we often recommend people to use a um, an amber sugar, which is actually a derivative of a beetroot, and it is lower on the glycemic index and isn't quite as sweet as sugars, um, as your refined sugars, anyways. Um, and it really truly does accentuate the taste. And the ingredients of tea. Mm. So that's been a fun one as well for us to be able to, to introduce people to. It's just something different. And it gets them away from that processed white sugar. Yes. So also an option as far as honey. And I 
will die on this hill if anybody out there has friends you know who are doing beekeeping support your friends support those bees and like support them by by harvesting this honey and helping these bees actually you know continue the environment around us it's it's really really important so agreed yeah honey is a great thing yeah so all right now for some of the fun stuff so the evening comes around you've had a long ass day every day in my life (laughs) (laughs) so i'm thinking about i'm going to take this in two two different directions on you but let's just say you're you want to make a really great drink option for the evening that's non-alcoholic you don't want to reach for the wine or some other drink And then say you do want alcohol, but you want to immerse your tea in it. You want to have something a little fun. What are you making? So my go-to, I have a handful of go-to blends that I keep in in the pantry. My favorites, I mentioned before, strawberries and champagne. That's one of my favorites. I don't care what time of year it is. It's just a really light, airy, beautiful tea. Um, we have a couple bedtime blends as well. They're super popular. Um, we have good night moon, which again was one of our original blends from the beginning. That one's your traditional chamomile, um, ingredients, but a little bit of sweet, uh, sweet cranberries in there. It's a really beautiful blend. Um, my favorite currently is one that we did right before Christmas, before the holiday season last year. And I truly should have saved it for Valentine's Day this year, but we named it Cupid's Cup. That one is a blend of lemongrass, apple, carrot, bean pods, pineapple, blackberry leaves, linden, rose petal, marigold, marigold, and dried lychee fruit. Mm. And let me tell you, we, I had, I had stayed away from lychee for quite some time. It was an intimidating ingredient to me. And then I just ordered a little bit of it from one of our suppliers. Again, going back to those little pouches of gummies that you have as a kid, I could have sat down and eaten a pound of these things, no problem. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is going to be easy, right? So out of these ingredients came Cupid's Cup. That has been probably my number one for the past four or five months. Um, that one can be blended with so many things. Um, blend it with champagne, blend it with a sweet white wine. You can even get a little adventurous and do a little bit of gin in it because gin does have all those botanical flavors behind it as well. Um, there's no limits to these, to these things. Um, we have a few blends that work great as a base for a sangria. Um, you can, combine a lot of these with a whiskey or a bourbon it's it's finding what partners with your palate um in my household we we are big bourbon and scotch drinkers um because we do enjoy sipping on a beverage and enjoying it for the quality that it is so 
it goes hand in hand with tea and we love experimenting with you know different batches and blends of those spirits along with the tea so again i could go on for days <laughs> days with this one so we encourage people to try new things um and send them our way because we like trying new things too yeah. Oh, I love that. I think about the <laughs> holidays too. You know, anytime mm-hmm. you birthday party, assuming it's adults birthday party, of course, um, mm-hmm. taking a, you know, a good amount of tea and putting it in say a white wine, depending on the tea blend and let it sit and immerse within that bottle of wine for a week, yes. strain it out, put the, the wine back in the bottle. It's such a great, great gift. And just a really interesting way of enjoying um a bottle of wine especially if that bottle of wine tends to run on the cheaper side mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah but it's the a great is, way to accentuate it yeah that too but i think about historically that's how medicine used to be made you know there wasn't this really a lot of the distillery that we have today your wine and infusing your wine with your herbs was your form of medicine mm-hmm. and yeah it just tastes so good i think you can take it I think about that Cupid's cup within white wine and just infusing uh, that within white wine. That'd be fantastic. It's a full body, full immersion experience. Um, it's really endless. You know, we, at nighttime, I think I'm a, kind of a creature of the night anyways, and I don't really operate that well in the morning. And I find that my best time to either be calm or be productive is in the evening. And you know, tea is one of those things that it's one of the few things out there that you can actually use all five senses when you're making a cup of tea. And that's pretty, that's something that's pretty remarkable. I think it doesn't really apply with, you know, art or music or a lot of foods, you know, with tea, you're using, you're using your sight to watch the steep process, the sound, you're listening for a boil temperature or for your tea kettle, you know, the scent of your tea steeping, all of those aromatics hitting you, the feeling of a cup of tea, whether it's warm or cool, or how do you feel when you're drinking it? And then right down to the taste, it's really the full body immersion. And I, I think it's important for people to understand that and to experience that. It's not just a cup of tea. It's not just a beverage or a nightcap. You know, as much as these things serve a purpose, there's so much more that goes into it. And it's it's really all about what you want to put into it. So the possibilities are truly endless with just even one simple blend of tea. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question, or what are some rituals that you partake in when you enjoy your tea? But I think you really just summed it up perfectly there. It's, I kind of did. You did. It, it really is that full-on experience. But I think taking the time, giving yourself permission to enjoy yes. all of that experience is what everyone needs more of. Mm-hmm. We do. We have a little tagline um on some of our some of our goods some of our merchandise and it's you know i say sip explore and grow and take it take it metaphorically take it at face value or what it is you know but to sip something like you said to give yourself the permission to pause 
and enjoy something and not just be driving 70 miles an hour down the freeway on the way to work or to pick up your kids from soccer practice or whatever the case may be, whatever you're in a hustle for, you know, to take those few minutes to explore yourself, explore the world around you. You know, what am I feeling in that moment as these ingredients go through me as these goods of nature are flowing through my body you know and to grow from that to to take that moment to be um self-introspective and look look within yourself on how you can grow and explore more it's you know, it's not just a cup of tea. I keep saying that, but <laughs> put, it's my epitaph. Put it there. Like. That is a perfect way to end. And that is perfectly said. So how do listeners find out more about you? I'm sure everyone is going to be rushing out to buy some tea. <laughs> Tell us where everyone can find you in your beautiful company. So we are, uh, we are based out of Connecticut. We're in New England, born and raised. Uh, you can find us, uh, the Nomads Garden Tea Company. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm too much of an old lady to be on TikTok or any of those things. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have a website, the Nomads Garden Uh On our website, we do post any upcoming markets or vendor events that we are taking part in. They do tend to be pretty local to us. So within Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island area, um, and then some local, local farmers markets too. But if you follow us on the medias, we really try to do our best to keep information up to date and be informative and letting our customers know where we're going to be. Um, we do enjoy meeting our nomads face to face. It's always great to be like, "Hey, I'm so and so from from Facebook," and it's great to put a face with a name. So we encourage people to come out and to meet us. Um, again, we're always an email away. Our email information is on our website. Some people may have found us on Etsy, but we're transitioning out of Etsy onto our own our own website just because we have an opportunity to kind of brand ourselves a little bit better there. But if you can if you can type into a browser, you can find us. That's great. Well, thank you so much. It was an absolute joy speaking with you, and I'm sure all the listeners will think so as well. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ashley. Always appreciate my time with you.